live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It is 6.08 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your garden, your landscape, your lawn, your flowers, your indoor plants, your poinsettias, your paper white narcissuses, and also here to complain about the weather. Because if you will remember last Saturday morning, how, what, how warm was it? How warm was it? 50, yes, 55, the double nickel, 55 degrees last Saturday morning. What is it? This Saturday morning, it is 30 degrees. In fact, it's bobbling down into the 29 degree mark a couple of times this morning already. I was getting so used to warm weather. In fact, I was so used to it that I was uh, in the house yesterday. I had not gone outside to do anything until around, I guess it was 12 o'clock yesterday, around lunchtime, and I walked outside in my T-shirt and I thought, oh my gosh, it's cold out here. I can see the sunshine outside my office window. But when I got outside the door and actually saw how cold it was, or felt how cold it was, I thought, oh man, the cold weather has come. And then my neighbor Richard came walking down the street, and I said, Hey, Richard, how you doing? He said, Yeah, it's cold today. It was going to be 70-some degrees on Christmas. Ooh, it's a, a wild and crazy weather work, weather world. Kirk Mellis, of course, he was updated on any weather changes that might happen and might be in the offing. Stay tuned right here. And Kirk will tell us if anything is happening for the next week, the next month, the next year. He has a big, a nice blog. If you've not read Kirk's weather blog on WSBRadio.com, it is fascinating, if sometimes unintelligible. And I say that in the nicest way possible because <laughs> Kirk, as you know, is a professional meteorologist. He knows his stuff. He has degrees. And when he talks his uh, acronyms of ANWR and, and all the other different kind of radar systems and prediction systems and, you know, El Nino is all I can sort of understand when he talks about El Nino and the Polar Express or the Polar Vortex. And uh, he blogs about how things in the analog years of this year and this year looked like 2015. And so, anyway, Kirk has lots of information on his blog if you particularly want to go and um, visit him. You may go to it, wsbradio.com. And you know what? I need to get Scott uh, Maxim. I just noticed that my screen in here a while ago was perfectly well for the callers, and I need you to come in and reset it. While I talk about the other thing that I want to talk about, which is getting up early in the morning. Now, I know that many of you who are driving around, particularly, or those of you maybe who have just woken up in the morning, have maybe no problem with sleep or anything like that. And so you uh, don't worry about getting up in the morning. But I know there are others of you who might take a sleep aid. And the sleep aid that I recently thought, well, you know, I've been getting up around 2, 2.30 in the morning and sort of laying awake, sort of tossing around in bed. I need something to put me back to sleep. And so I went to the uh, uh, health food store and got a bottle of, of uh, what was that? Uh, 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 the stuff that started melatonin. 
I said, tryptophan, that's not right, melatonin, melatonin uh, pills. And they said, take one when you need to go to sleep. And so uh, the melatonin pills have worked very nicely for me. But there is another, another thing that you might be able to do in the next five or ten years to put yourself to sleep, and that is to get yourself some night milk. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Some of you immediately grasp what I'm talking about. Milk from cows that that are milked at night has more melatonin and tryptophan, which is another sleep-inducing uh, hormone. It has more, ten times more, than daytime milked cows. And of course, immediately being a farm boy, I'm thinking about all the farmers, dairy farmers, who are going to have to go out and milk their cows at midnight now <laughs> because because there'll be a demand for night milk. Can you believe that? So before you go buy a cow and put her in your closet or something like that, let me point out that this is by no means the final product by any any stretch of the imagination. This is simply research that scientists have done on the uh, hormonal content of cow milk. And they did indeed put several dairy cows in a dark place, and they measured how many hours of darkness it needed to trigger the extra production of tryptophan and melatonin and found that the levels were something like 10 times as much at night when they were milked at night than when they were milked during the day, assuming then, I guess, that cows have the same sort of hormones in their bodies that help them go to sleep or doze or whatever cows do at night. I'm really not sure. I, well, I am sort of sure what happens to cows at night. I grew up on a farm, and I've surprised cows, you know, not all the time, but occasionally you would surprise a cow who was asleep. And asleep meaning I don't know exactly what they were thinking, but they were not exactly awake, and they were not exactly snoring. They were somewhere between awake and snoring. And when you walk up on a cow who is in that dark nighttime state, and you don't say anything, but you shouldn't get to them, they're startled. <laughs> the cow just, <laughs> they get up off the ground real quick. <laughs> you want to say, what? Because, <laughs> you know, obviously, as a, as a bovine animal, they're susceptible to all sorts of predators in their, in their uh, background, in their history, in their evolution. And so cows do get up off the ground pretty quickly, so you better not stand real close to them or they'll get up off the ground and throw you around a little bit. But cows do sleep, and theoretically they do have more melatonin and tryptophan in their blood in the, uh, in the uh, nighttime, and theoretically you could hopefully go to sleep better, better, if you drank night milk. Well, well, more of that. We're talking again about, let's talk more about gardening. What about gardening? If you want to talk about gardening, 404-872-0750. What about that? I know somebody who wants to talk about gardening, and I know where she lives. She lives in Griffin, Georgia, our friend Nicole. Nicole, hey, good morning. Mr. Reeves. Ms. Nicole, do you believe that? Do you believe that cows can make different milk at night and during the morning, or during the day, I should say, and that night milk might be different and help you to go to sleep? I believe it. But then again, the cow needs to be uh, uh, like pasture outside. Yeah, and yeah, the cows yeah, yeah, yeah. Grow up in it, well, they'll, you know? they'll put them outside during the day. They'll just gather them up at the night to be milked rather than gathering up during the day to be milked. Well, the whole process of meal is for feeding the calf, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So if at night, it makes sense because at night the calf's going to sleep uh, easier, you know. I guess that makes sense. And that, you know, you make a point that I hadn't thought about that this is all part of helping the little baby calf to go to sleep at night. And so you have night milk for the calf, not for the humans that think they can exploit the cows for the 
for the hormones in their milk. Ha! Good point, Nicole. Did you ever get up middle of the night or early in the morning and uh, your body is frozen but your mind is awake? This melatonin is really working because your body's got to be still before your brain goes to sleep. Not so you have taken? Have you taken melatonin before, Nicole? No, oh no, I produce a lot of melatonin, Mister Reeves. <laughs> yes, I mean with your sleep habits and your schedule of driving trucks for all your life and things, I know that your body and your brain sometimes still are not quite right for getting up. And frankly, getting up at six a.m. every Saturday morning to talk to me is pretty weird as well. So. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, when you drive at night, it, between 5 and 7 in the morning, it's so hard because mm-hmm. your brain don't want to go, your yeah. body don't want to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because well. you're all metabolists. It takes years after you go back to a regular, you know. Mm. It's really hard. That's why people have a lot of accidents because, Whoa, you know. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes, yes. of that. Uh, you wanted to talk about camellias. We only have about two minutes here, but I uh, actually noted that you wanted to talk about camellias, too, this morning. Yes, I saw some really nice camellias yeah. this year because the bloom is yeah. day yeah. and just really vibrant. I have one that's candy cane. I yeah. have one that uh, it's pink. I don't like the bloom, but I'm stuck with it. <laughs> but the other one is candy cane. is bright pink and white. And, oh, boy, they're just showing big time this yeah. year, everywhere. Yeah, my friend Lyle Collins, who runs a landscape, a very nice landscape company called Trillium uh, Landscaping, and Lyle posted a picture the other day of two of his favorite, one of which was White by the Gate. And I remember my colleague Teresa Strum, who was here before Ashley screening calls, and Teresa always would talk about her White by the Gate camellia about this time of year and say how gorgeous and beautiful that white, pure white flower was. The inside is yellow? I, yeah, my memories know there's not much yellow in there. It was not noticeable particularly. It was all white, just a pure white, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous flower. I think they benefit a lot uh, if they have uh, a lot of moisture all summer. Mm-hmm. Probably so. Probably so. Just so you have, have a very nice environment this year, and a lot of people have had, I think, great success. The, certainly the fall bloom season for camellias this year has been long, and as you say, you're still seeing a lot of them right now, and a few buds will drop off on this cold weather, and when the sasanquas are finished, then the japonica camellias will start, if they haven't already, which some of them have, and the japonicas then will bloom from now on through April. Some of the late ones, I guess, will bloom through April. It's a remarkable good shrub. More people should have camellias. They have different sizes, different colors. Great plant. Bring them bring them inside. Yeah, bring them inside for the holiday. That's a great thing to do. Nicole, i got to get out of here. It's so wonderful talking to you. Happy holidays. Right back at you. Enjoy your day. We'll see you next Saturday. 404-872-0750 the number to call. If you have any garden questions, we'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. It's a hazy shade of winter. Shade of winter. 
There you go. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security this morning and today. Expect lots of sunshine this afternoon, not a whole lot of heat to go with it. Oh, man. Highs in the low 50s. No chance of rain tonight. Clear skies and... And we're going to the low 30s. Some people are going to be below freezing again tonight. Right now, 29.8 degrees at the studio. Stay tuned. At last, most accurate and dependable weather forecast comes up in 10 minutes. And for tomorrow's jobs, remember to pick up your copy of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for full news coverage and $250 in coupon savings. Uh, Kathy in Cumming, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Hi, Walter. What's up? Um, Good morning. Good morning. I've called you, I guess, about nine months ago or so, you know, talking about Poeana, how I never can get rid of it in my yeah, yard, yeah, yeah. just in this part of my backyard. Yeah. And um, we were thinking, well, maybe we're not putting the pre-emergent down at the right time, or mm-hmm. maybe I need to put it out in September, October, November. Mm-hmm. But I think it's already coming up now. Yes, it is. Well, the time to put the pre-emergent out, I only, have about, I only have about 30 seconds here, Kathy, but it is true that timing is critical. you got to put it out before it germinates, and typically if you get the pre-emergent out in early September, first week or two in September, you'll be fine if you get thorough coverage and you know water it in like the directions say and do the right rate and all those kind of things. So there are some varieties or cultivars it seems to me of poa annual of annual that annual bluegrass that become more perennial sometimes and they may take a couple of three years of control so you just have to mark your calendar kathy every september first week of september put down the pre-emergent make sure it goes down right and see if you don't get control after a couple of years because it's harder and harder i'm not going to say resistant i'm just going to say there's some poa that doesn't work quite it didn't work quite the way we thought it would. All right. We got to go, though, at 628 at News Talk WSB. More Lawn and Garden right after news. Live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 636 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to make you happy, or make you successful, which should make you happy in your landscape. All you have to do is call me on a morning like this. Before the holidays, the calls are going to be pretty light. You have a pretty good chance of getting in, and the number's easy to remember, 404-872-0750. It comes now, let's see, Charles in Duluth, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charles, good morning. Good morning. Um... I've got some uh, peonies. I want to uh, dig up some and give to some friends. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, the other part of the question is: in last spring, uh, some of the bulb, some of the uh, buds were got sort of brown, and someone said that was some kind of fungus. And they said I needed to do something like that there. Mm-hmm. Um, Systemic, you know, to, yeah. to prevent it. But in any event, I just want to know: are there any gotchas? Anything I should 
do or not do? Do they need to be planted right away, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think now's a great time to, to move them around, frankly, Charles, because the leaves are all gone, and uh, the right. root system is just sitting there not doing much of anything, really, during the wintertime. And so if the clump is not terribly big, I'm hopeful you can just dig the whole thing up, sort of explore around the edges and uh, try to get as much of the root system intact and maybe even in some of the same soil without loosening it too much that it's growing in now. And if you have a prepared bed somewhere else where you want to move it to that has nice soft soil in it, you just sort of dig a hole in the middle and flop it down in there, and that peony wakes up in the spring and doesn't even know where it was. It's happy to be in the new place. So there's not many gotchas uh, for you other than try to get as much as you can. Do you need to divide it, or what do you think, Charles? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to move I thought I'd just take some okay. away from right. the plant. And and give it to some friends. Good. All right. to, In that I'm, case, I'm not going to replant them. They're going to replant them. It's a better way to do it. Always, I think. <laughs> Let your friends do the do the digging. Um, so in that case. What I would do is, uh, yeah, this is a pretty nice time to do it because the soil is relatively dry, and you dig up the clump again, as I described, and put it onto a work table outside in the carport, in the garage, or someplace like that, and let it dry for a day or two, just a day or two, so that the soil has a chance to get a little more crumbly and it falls away from the roots a little more easily, and then shake it real good, just shake, 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 shake real good to get all the dirt off the uh, roots as best you can. And when you do that, you'll see that there are various, what I would call centers or clumps or pieces of the plant that look sort of separate from other pieces of the plant. And those are the parts that can be divided off. You get a little serrated steak knife from Goodwill and go in there and sort of saw off the little connection between the clump and the mother and the adjacent clumps. And you can get two, three, four, five maybe little individual plants and um, each one about the size of a fist, I'm guessing, have some roots on it as well. And give those to your friends with instructions to give a nice sunny bed. Some afternoon shade wouldn't hurt my feelings much, but so sunny in the morning, afternoon shade maybe. And plant it so that the buds, the little pink things you'll find as you dig it up, those buds right close to the soil surface, if not right at the soil surface, so that it gets nice and cold during the wintertime. So it's all right to, to, to dig them up and let them dry out for a day or two? Yeah, right now. Right now is fine. And then you have Christmas presents for your friends. You weren't going to get them anything. Now you got a peony to wrap up in a little piece of paper and a ribbon, and you got Christmas. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as so the the, the bud, will take care of the fungus. Yeah. Let's talk about that. when you say the bud. Did you mean the flower or the buds coming out of the ground? Which yeah, no, the, yeah. Well, the buds and the flower, the yeah. the uh, yeah. the petals and everything just turned brown. Yeah. They get that's a disease. It's called botrytis, and it's pretty common on peonies. One of the good organic ways of helping to control it is to be good with sanitation, meaning you rake all the leaves away, take them away, don't leave them around underneath a plant each fall. And uh, it wouldn't be bad to maybe tell your friends um, that this is a possibility on the plants that you give to them and maybe get a bottle to share of garden fungicide that you can spray onto the buds when they're real little, when they're just sort of peeking up and about the size of a marble or a little bit bigger in the spring. Uh, spray the buds then with fungicide, and then once they're just beginning to open, spray again to get some of the fungicide down into the petals of the flower. If you do two sprays with a nice garden fungicide, I think they'll be pretty clean, pretty nice, and sanitized every year, all good. Will the bare 
of a systemic, will that work? Yeah, sure will. Sure will. Okay. All right. Is that as good as as spraying them? I think that would do fine, spraying. I don't have any research to back that up either way. My leaning, I guess, Charles, is frankly to spray. A sprayable fungicide, I think, might be better because you got to get into the petals. And systemics are typically they go to the stem and the leaves of a plant, but they don't much go into the flowers of a plant. So I think spraying probably is better. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you very much. Happy holidays, Charles. Thanks for calling. We got Margaret on the line. Margaret comes to us from Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Margaret. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. What you got? Uh. We got a little, we got a strawberry little bed, and uh, oh God, it just did wonderful this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just grew and sprouts and everything, and now we're getting a little flowers on it, and I even saw a strawberry. Yeah, sure, sure. And we don't know what to do. Is this the time to fertilize or? What should we do with it, you know, for the winter? I'm thankful to Facebook sometimes because my garden friends post pictures of things that they see in their own garden. And my friend Shannon Pable up in uh, Swanee posted a picture, I think, two days ago saying, Look, i got strawberries in my garden. What's Uh going on here? So, yeah, it's not uh, unusual and unheard of, Margaret. You certainly can. I saw my either first of the season or last of the season daffodil day before yesterday okay. uh, there in, in Decatur. And so we've either got early daffodils of 2016 or we have the late daffodils of right. 2015, one or the other. Right. But I don't think you have anything to worry about. It simply weather was uh, the right turn around the right way for a few yeah. blooms and strawberries to come out there. Just, you know, as I say, Margaret, when something unexpected that's good happens, it's all due to good, clean living. Crazy. And Lord. that's when you. Should we fertilize or when should no. we fertilize? No. When they start growing rapidly, that's going to be middle to late April of next year. Probably the first to the middle of April is a better time. So when they first start, you know, putting the flowers on, the flowers on, flowers coming on, fertilize then. Okay, so don't get it too excited right now. No, 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 no. That's exactly (laughs) right. Don't get it too excited. You get excited. Christmas is coming. Let's have a great time. Thank you so much, Walter, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Margaret. Thanks for calling. we got Rico in Conyers, and Rico is here with us on Lawn and Garden. Rico, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Uh, Nice. uh, I listen to your show all the time, and uh, great being here. Uh, I had a quick question for you. Um, I was driving uh, last weekend through... Lithonia, Georgia, yeah. and I run upon an orange tree full of oranges. thought I was losing my mind. So, <laughs> it sounds um, like it, probably, Rico. Have you been taking your medications pretty well? You're not. Yeah, I had <laughs> to the corner of this tree, uh-huh. and um, he said it was a Meyer lemon tree. Yeah. And okay. there's these huge, they look like oranges, but they're, yeah. you know, they're huge. Yeah. And he says he's had the tree for 15 years. He bought it down in Florida. And I was just wondering, he he didn't do anything special to the soil. He just planted it. And he's been getting these and gave me a bag full of them. And uh, I was just wondering, how is this possible? This tree has been there for 15 years, and he's getting all this fruit off of it. And everybody says they won't grow in Georgia. I don't think he has Meyer lemon. Meyer lemon is not to my knowledge, not ever successfully grown this far north in Georgia. He might have a citrangequat, and that name I know is hard to pronounce, but the citrangequat is a 
across breed between citrus and orange and uh, kumquat and you know things to make it more cold tolerant. And my friend uh, down in McDonough, not too far from uh, Lithonia, had some citrangequat, and I will have to go and look up on my website. He updated me last year and said we got some cold damage, but I think he had some fruit on his last um, last uh, winter and early spring, so I need to look that up. But again, I don't think it's a Meyer lemon. I think it's probably one of the more cold-hardy citrus called citrangequat, and it may be in a real sheltered location or something like that. But you have, my friend Rico, homework to do, which is go by that house and get me a, a, a picture or two or an address or give me something to go on. I have, I have photos prove. of it, and uh, I can go back by and get his address and Get his information. I took some seeds. Uh, ah, um, you're the man, Rico. I would love to see. I would love to see the pictures. Why, why would they be so huge? I mean, I would think, you know, well, lower uh, maybe, but yeah, but different like, citrus have different sizes. Obviously, um, grapefruit is different from um, tangerine or something like that. And so that's again another reason why I don't think it's uh, Meyer lemon because Meyer lemons they get. Reasonably sized, they get two to three, maybe if they're big, three inches, maybe size. But Meyer lemon are not nearly as big as a grapefruit, or it sounds like what you described was pretty large. The size of a, I mean, I guess a grapefruit has kind of a flavor of a a grapefruit, and maybe a an orange or something like that. It's kind of bitter, like a lemon. Yeah, I'm going citrangequat all the way, I think, but uh, probably not Meyer lemon, not that. All right, well, um, I'll shoot some photos to your website. I took them, and like I said, the tree's been there for 15 years. Sure. It's not sheltered. It's there. Yeah, I mean, you can literally... All right. Them. All right, Rico. I want to see the pictures. I want some more info. Come on. I-, I will send them to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Boy, do I love it when gardeners give me research like this, when I see pictures of things that I think... Um, you know, might be of interest to others, and I'm able to post them on my website at WalterReeves.com. One of the things that has been sent to me three now people over the last week is big white mushrooms on the trunk of their tree. And folks asking, why is this mushroom here? Well, a mushroom is not harmful itself to a tree, but what a mushroom signifies is there is a fungus that is breaking down the tissue under the bark and in the trunk of a tree. So mushrooms are never a good thing to see on a tree because it says something is weakening this trunk. Very likely the tree will eventually fail. Yes, I said the word fail. Very likely you're going to have to have it taken down, and it could be dangerous depending on how long the fungus has been acting inside the tree. So if you see a a, a mushroom on the side of the trunk of the tree or at the base of a tree around where the roots are, that, again, is not a good thing for the tree. And you might uh, consider, in fact, I would consider doing this, hire a certified arborist, somebody who has training, who has a what's called an ISA, International Society of Arboriculture number. And you can just ask them, if you're a certified arborist, what's your ISA number? It's like having a doctor and saying, where's your you know, doctor's certificate that you graduated from med school? And that's pretty much what the ISA certificate says, is these are doctors for trees, and certified arborists can come to your house and do a health assessment on the tree for not a whole lot of money. You can find certified arborists by going to the Georgia Arborist website, which is georgiaarborist.org. Georgia arborist.org It's 648 and we'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. All right, Scott Maxson reports 57 million people turned out for the opening of Star Wars last night. I don't know if I'm going to go see it, Scott. You Were you amongst those 57 million, Scott Maxim? Uh No, I'm actually going to hold off for a little bit because yeah. my mom, believe it or not, says that she wants to go see the new Star Wars, so I'm going to hold off oh, until I Lord. get to Nashville next week and take right. her for Christmas. Get Mama to go down to Star Wars. That would be a great idea. Time for a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Clear, cold December. Plenty of sunshine this afternoon. Not too much in the way of warmth. No siree. There'll be sunny skies. No rain and an afternoon high in the low. 50s tonight. Clear skies remain. Lows in the low 30s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 7:50 WSB. Wayne's out in Conyers, and Wayne, let's get to this and talk about your ants. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. How you doing, Wayne? I'm all right. What's up? Uh, I got about an acre lawn, and one fifth of that lawn is St. Augustine grass. Got it. And I've been here 22 years, never had this before. Uh, I had it last year and this year. Uh, the entire area of St. Augustine grass is kind of like you aerated it, and it's got <laughs> little red anthills, yeah. like really thick. Yeah, They look like anthills. Yeah. But when I dig it up, I see no worms, no bugs, and no ants. Another one of the great things about my career is having friends still in the University of Georgia Extension Service who post pictures and send notes. And Wayne Hutchison down in uh, Spalding County, not too far from Conyers, sent a note last week. that says, by the way, if anybody calls about having multitudes and millions of ant mounds in their pastures or lawns, it's all about worms. And he had dug up and he showed some pictures of the earthworm um, uh, holes in the castings, is what they're called, the little uh, piles that the earthworms put up. And he says, I must have something to do with good population numbers before rain. And then they try to clear out their, their burrows in the ground. And so they put all the castings on the ground. But he said, there's lots more than meets the eye in this picture. He said, they're just all over the place. I think that's what you got, Wayne. Okay, I, I appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling. Yeah, a little Wookiee foot here. Yes, sir. we got to have a little Wookiee foot. Thank you, Scott. Just visiting